This is Workflow, episode 18. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Brian. And I'm Tom. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about why your team should disagree. So before we do that, what's going on, Tom? Yeah, so uh, we are just wrapping up Tasks View, um, which is exciting. So the dashboard is basically uh, going to, what currently is the dashboard in Rindle is going to become this new view called the Tasks View, uh, which that's basically what our existing dashboard is. It's just kind of a, a view of all your tasks, uh, all the tasks in, in Rindle, actually, not just your tasks. Um, and we're just wrapping that up, which is pretty exciting. We should hopefully be getting that uh, into the production app, hopefully by the end of the week. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think with the in, with the change from dashboard to task view, we kind of reworked everything from being more of a filter where we're kind of pulling potentially thousands of tasks, which was a labor intensive for our servers and kind of seemed slow. So uh, I think we're, we're making it more of a search tool at this point where it's going to spit out results in a better way for our users. We also enhanced the search as well to give some more flexibility uh, and added save searches. So now you can actually save predetermined searches, which make kind of seeing different views of tasks really easy. And even better, you're, um it sets us up nicely that now we can actually have a, a true dashboard eventually. So by yeah. uh, doing and this that, rename. Yeah. And I think that will be, you know, really useful because a, a true dashboard, hopefully we can hone in more on the user and what they're looking to accomplish and see, and maybe see their notifications and upcoming tasks and stuff like that, that are really focused on them. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, what's been going on with you? So I just got to talk about bad sales call experiences because, you know, I, I bite sometimes on cold emails and, and things like that if it's interesting to me and it feels like, you know, it can help me or help us as a company or whatever. Um, so I opted into a sales call and it was just a terrible experience. And for one was, you know, they set up a Zoom call, which we use Zoom as well, um, and didn't turn on the video. And I had my video on, right? So again, not required, but would be enough nice touch, I think. Whenever I do demos or any sales calls or anything like that for Rindle, I always make sure I have my video on. Even if the customer decides not to, that's completely fine. Um, but I feel like it's more personal. So I felt like very much that that could have been a better experience overall. Um, and you know, just the fact that the whole attitude of the sales call was not <laughs> not that great. Um, you know, so I don't know. I just felt like the whole experience was was bad, and it's just shocking to me that they go through all this work to get you on a call and then kind of just have this kind of crappy experience. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, it makes you. It really makes you wonder how some companies like are doing so well, right? Especially, I've been on sales calls with like well-known, well-respected companies, and I feel a very similar way. And you're just like, wow, like how how are you so successful? It's just really shocking. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I've had a couple of those, especially where I feel like, you know, it's not very personal. It's not very, you know, they kind of, they start the call with the, the normal, it's almost sound scripted, like the normal song and dance where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, how's the weather? 
over by you, you know, and, oh, you're, in, you know, very scripted stuff. And I get it, you know, like you're trained a certain way. I'm sure they have certain things that salespeople do uh, to make conversation, all this stuff. But I, I just feel like on top of not seeing the person and not having that personal like touch with the video and then hearing what sounded like a scripted intro really turned me off. And I've, I, I had a previous call also that literally the person was reading from a script. Mm-hmm. And I, I stopped the person. I said, I'm sorry, but this isn't for me. If you're reading from a script, I don't think we're going to have a real valuable conversation here about sure. your product. You know, and that's another thing too. Like we don't do that. Obviously we get on a call, we talk about, you know, actually I, I structure my call mostly off what our customers say as far as their problem or their pain points. Right. And I can tailor the conversation to their needs, mm-hmm. right? Not just a scripted kind of thing that happens. So anyway, so you yeah. like to feel the warm and fuzzies. I, I understand, Brian. That's right. I, you know, I just think it should be conversational. I just think, you know, I think we have a lot of success when we talk to our customers and we're just being real and we're being, you know, just regular people. And I feel like that goes a long way. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe that's what I prefer. Um, but I just feel like most people generally prefer that. Like they don't want to feel like it's a car salesperson, right? Where like that old like saying where it's like, oh, you, you're like a car salesman, right? Where it's kind of a little bit cheesy, a little bit kind of scripted, you know, all this stuff. I don't know. So maybe it's me. All right. Uh, before we get started, if you have any questions, topics, or team scenarios that you want to stare down, uh, give us a call. Our number is 860-577-2293. Um, you can also email us at workflow at rindle.com. Also, if you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review. It certainly helps us reach more people like yourself uh, and helps us keep rolling out with episodes every week. Yes, it does. Cool. On to the main topic, why your team should disagree. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, so I think like in recent months for us especially, we've had a bunch of internal discussions about disagreements and challenging conversations that we've been having in our calls, uh, some of them creative slash brainstorming calls, some of them in our stand-up meetings uh, when our conversations get out of hand and go into other <laughs> topics. Um, but I stumbled upon an article um, from the Harvard Business Review Um, If your team agrees on everything, working together is pointless. And that totally hit home when I read it. uh, And it's like, we're we're really going through this ourselves. Um, And it brings up really good points about, you know, what we deal with within our team, and I'm sure other teams are dealing with as far as, you know, meeting cadences and and meeting with the team and getting work done and kind of obstacles that happen from these kind of disagreements or really challenging conversations they're having. All right, cool. Yeah. So uh, the article was pretty good and it really um, gave uh, a three point like kind of high level outline on basically how to kind of drive uh, this sort of environment in order to make things more successful, right, Uh, for for your team. So it talks about how each person has a role uh, in order and their role is specific to to drive uh, different agendas. then they talk about uh, the team members will have different perspectives on issues uh, based on their personalities. And uh, finally, it talks about how to, uh, you know, set the ground rules uh, for discussions, which um, which is really interesting because I think that uh, a lot of people might actually have this kind of like uh, disagreement type thing going on, but they actually don't uh, set any ground rules. and and it made a lot of sense 
to me actually reading the article um, that you should definitely do this, right? You, you don't, you kind of don't want to go into this without actually having these sort of rules set. Cool. So let's hop into the first point. Um, highlight how each person's role is there to drive different agendas. So I think this is really hit home for me. This was like the biggest point when I read the article. I was like, this makes sense because, you know, our team even, you know, as far as the product's concerned, you know, we, we get into some pretty hefty debates. Uh, and they use an example in their description of this is like, you know, how a meeting with sales and production both have different agendas to what they're trying to accomplish because there are different roles in a company. They have different jobs to do. You know, so a production person might be advocating for more standardization, control, and efficiency, like in the process and things like that. And the salesperson is advocating for the exact opposite, more flexibility, customization, agility, customer needs, all of those things. Um, so like if they're both doing their jobs really well, the sales and a production leads should, should conflict, right? Because they actually have different agendas. They should conflict with one another and they should ultimately get on a path by conflicting and having those challenging conversations to an optimized solution, hopefully that, that accommodates both needs one quote that they said in the article, which I thought was really great was, you know, they quoted somebody saying, you mean I'm supposed to fight with that person? Yes, you are. Um, and it, it, I think outlining the, the roles within a team and understanding like, hey, everybody has their own agenda for different reasons, uh, different focuses, making sure everybody's aware of that and kind of accepting the fact that, hey, like we should be arguing about this stuff. We just have to do it in a great way that comes out to an optimal solution, right? That's that's better for whatever you're building, working on, solution for the client, whatever it is. Uh, and I think that's really the biggest point I took away from this. Yeah, uh, it, I, I just think uh, it's important to note here, we're not talking about like physical fighting here. We're not talking about actual like screaming matches, even though sometimes it can transcend into that if you're really passionate about various topics. Um, but it, we're, we're more talking about uh, just when you get in 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 the room for a meeting about this sort of stuff that you know everyone should be an equal about that around that topic and um, you it's okay to to butt heads right uh, it's okay to have different viewpoints and, and that's actually really helpful because if everyone was constantly in agreement about stuff it would really stifle creativity. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, we're not talking about like, you know, WrestleMania five here. Mm -hmm. um, that's really dating myself. But um, yeah, we're not. I don't, talking I don't about... even know what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about physical fights. But you know, certainly escalating, like you're saying into something that's more aggressive, potentially in conversation, or whatever it might be. Um, but you know, our team as an example, even you know, we are a cross functional team, you know, when they were talking about the sales and the production, you know, teams talking together or, or people talking together and having a conversation, it made me think of ourselves because really I'm the product manager and I deal with all the customer things and, and the business side. And, you know, Tom, you're heading up development and leading the whole technical effort, right? And managing everything, back-end development, front-end development, everything like that. And then Scott's focused on UX and the user experience and front-end, right? So everybody has their different roles mm -hmm. and, and what they're doing. And, and of course, like when we talk about things, which is always frustrating sometimes because we don't always agree on everything, right? Um, that it made a lot of sense to me that, hey, you know, Scott does have a different agenda than you have sometimes, right? And you have a different agenda than I have, which that comes up all the time because we talk about <laughs> road mapping, right? And features we want to build and 
customer feedback and I'm advocating a lot of times for customers, right? Cause I'm talking to them all the time and I'm getting feedback and you're advocating for development time, how much effort it's going to take resources, all those things. Right. And there is a fine balance, right? We want to prioritize the right things. We want to do, do the right things at the right time. So I think it actually does when we work well together, it does op get the optimal result, right? It is the best result for the scenario because hopefully we're appreciating both sides of the coin, right? Sure. It's not just me putting my you know stick in the sand as i always say which i don't even think is the right um analogy but um you know stomping my foot and saying hey no i don't care i'm just this is just how it is and you're not seeing that sometimes i will obviously fight for my opinion but you have to take into consideration other things right and when you when you do that hopefully there's a compromise somewhere in the middle yeah and i i typically have a hard time doing this i on an initial uh call about things like i'm i'm very very much like uh like I'm going to convince you that my way is the best way. And then it usually takes uh, cooling off and, and really reconsidering the problem before I, I ultimately come back and, and kind of uh, inspect the situation from the other party's perspective and uh, possibly come back with more, um, more of a uh, solution, I would say, or, or more of a compromise um, because, because everything's about compromise with, within, uh, meetings, right? Like you got to give a little and take a little, uh, and, and you got to basically, you're ultimately trying to meet somewhere in the middle to, to get the best, uh, end goal, uh, which in our, in our, um, scenario is obviously the, the best product. Um, but this can apply for, for anything, right? Yeah. I think compromise is key. And I think, you know, if you don't have that, if you're, if you're living in a collaborative space, which we are, and we want to run our team that way and everything like that, I mean, and I think a lot of teams do these days. If you don't have that, it seems a little more like a dictatorship where somebody's coming in saying, this is what we're doing and why, go do it. Mm -hmm. As opposed to everybody collaborating with their expertise and experience and hopefully coming up with a better solution than what one person could have, right? And, and who's dictating everything. So I think ultimately compromise is key. Like you have to be, to have a constructive team that's collaborative and moving towards a common goal you have to have that or else you will literally get nowhere. You have to be able to sometimes step back and like you, like I'm not, uh, sometimes it takes me a little time to even understand what you point you're trying to make. Right. Cause I, I'm so focused and passionate about my point. Right. And I'm, I'm almost thinking, Hey, I don't understand why they're not getting my point mm -hmm. and I'm not hearing the other point sometimes. So it's sometimes the next day or that night, right. I'll, I'll message you on Slack being like, ah, I understand what you're saying now. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I had some time to think of it think about it in my own space and really digest it and not be so passionate in the moment. And, you know, then I'll be like, Oh, I understand now. Like, actually I agree with that. Right. And let's, let's consider this moving forward and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's, if you're, if it's really conflicted conversation, sometimes you can't get to a solution right away. It's not going to take 20 minutes to decide. Sometimes you have to take a break. And I think if you're at a dead stop, sometimes that's the best way to approach it where it's like, okay, let's table this for now. Let's think about it. Let's, let's bring it up again tomorrow and see where we're at. Cause I think having time to digest it a little bit always helps. Yeah. And I think another kind of major issue is so the, the person that brings up the uh, feature or whatever, or has done the most research uh, or has spoken with the clients, they obviously have a completely different perspective. And, and if you're just bringing this topic up for the first time with, um, with the team uh, it's really important that the team I think step back and and evaluate things uh, from a client perspective. If if you have a client facing product, which I, I think most teams are in some capacity client facing, 
Um, is be, and I think the reason why that's important is because if you're just taking some random new feature, right, and, and throwing it into a room and being like, okay, build this, right? Like, obviously, you're going to just build it the best way that you think it should be built, but that might, or more, than, more often than not, that's not what the clients are really asking for, um, which we run into all the time and which very often causes uh, a lot of uh, the arguments. And, and, and this isn't to say that the clients have the, the best way of, of doing it or, or uh, are, we shouldn't always listen to the, the client's way of doing it because like the clients don't always know what's best for them. But uh, it, it's definitely really important to, to understand things from the client perspective. Yeah, I think it's about being solution driven, right? So, so if I were to bring something back in our scenario where it's a piece of client feedback and I'm, I'm all excited about it, right? Because I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. And I've heard this like multiple times. Let me bring this back to the team. And, you know, there is, there is an angle already driven from that, right? So the client's opinion, my opinion, whatever it might be. Um, but if I present that to the team and like you're saying, well, hey, yeah, that may not be the best way to do it. You know, as long as you're solution driven and you're not just like, hey, no, we're not doing that, right? Because that makes no sense to me okay, well, what does make sense to you, right? Can, can we talk about the problem the client's actually having? Maybe this isn't the solution. Maybe it's another solution. Maybe it's a different feature in our scenario. Maybe it's a different approach, right? Uh, I think those tend to be the most constructive conversations because we're still ultimately trying to get to the same solution. Maybe it's a different path. Maybe it's a different way of going about it because we all have different agendas. Uh, but ultimately, we're, we're still focused on a common goal. Right. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that gets lost. Right. Where it's like you're so passionate that you're like, wait a minute, I just don't care what you're saying. I only care about what I'm saying. And that's the right thing. And you always have to have your is this the best solution for what we're trying to do and how do we get to the best solution? You know, and that that could be tabling it, not doing it right now for us. It could be doing it in a different way. It could be doing it next year. Right. Whatever that might be. Um, but talking about it in a constructive manner is always good. Sure. So moving on to, we basically uh, have hit this a little bit, but uh, team members will have different perspectives on issues based on their personalities. Um, we definitely run into this uh, all the time, right? Like, so uh, a team member that's technical is going to be uh, approaching problems from a technical perspective. And I, they obviously might have different viewpoints than someone who's non-technical and not understanding technical challenges uh related to to the problem mind you that that isn't really a good reason for them to like the technical people to like get always get their way right they, you as a technical person should be challenged and, and try to think of clever solutions um obviously if something's impossible it's it's just impossible right yeah i think in the same like same aspect as far as personality like i can say like you know when you have very passionate people in a group like ourselves um and I consider myself a passionate person, especially around things that I care about. Um, same with you. Like I know for a fact that if you're talking about like your mind automatically goes to the technical side of it, like you're saying, and that's passionate for you. Like that is, you want to put the best technical thing in place first, right? Or look at it from that angle first before we get into even, you know, whatever we're trying to solve, right? Being like, is this really technically challenging or not? Uh, mm -hmm. Where I'm very passionate about can we solve this problem? doesn't matter how technically we do it. That could be up to you guys, however it might be, but that's my focus, right? And I am very passionate about that, but it also comes into like stubbornness, right? Where 
we sometimes conflict because you keep on bringing up technical stuff. I keep on bringing up customer centric stuff and it's almost like we're speaking two different languages. Sure. <laughs> you know, and you're kind of like, no, no, but I'm talking about this. And I'm like, well, but I'm talking about this. Like why, you know, why are we not, but it really comes down to a personality too, because we're both very passionate and stubborn in ways that we want to make sure that our point is made. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not passive, right. Where you might have a passive person in a group. Right. And you know, that causes issues because now they're not chiming in and the conversation's going on, right? And there's some disagreements happening. There's other stuff, solutions happening and, and, and plans of action. And then the next day, this person chimes in and says, oh, I had an opinion, right? Because they're very passive. Yeah. They didn't say something in a moment. And that puts a wrench in the works, right? So, And it, do, it really does. Like, uh, you definitely need to have a team that feels comfortable speaking. Um, and... I mean, obviously, it is difficult when you have strong personalities. Uh, if someone is a little um, less vocal, um, but definitely, you should basically be promoting some sort of environment that uh, allows everyone to feel comfortable speaking out, uh, and and they won't feel as though they're going to be chastised for having uh, a different opinion. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, even if you look at just the previous point, talking about just agendas, right? Agendas and personalities being different and having that conflict uh, is is healthy. Because imagine if it was the other way around and everybody was like you, Tom, where everybody's looking at the technical side only, right? Mm-hmm. And and that would be a different solution potentially than one that all three of us came up with together, right? Where it, it's going to be very technical, technical first, right? And not think about any other things, right? And that ultimately is not potentially not going to be the best solution for the problem because the problem is multifaceted, right? Same thing with personalities. If you have everybody who's stubborn and will not back down, that's going to be challenging, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to probably lengthen our conversations. We've had some of that where we feel like we're talking about something too long, right? Um, Where everybody's passive and submissive, then you're probably just going to maybe not make a a decision, right? Or um, you're not really getting the best results because nobody's speaking up. And given their opinion, sure. Which uh, actually just rolls right into the next uh, point, which is setting ground rules for discussion. Like, um, if you if you give the team a, a clear picture of what is and what is not acceptable behavior, uh, it, it makes things a lot smoother. And and honestly, this is probably something that we didn't actually think that we uh, probably needed this uh, initial like way back when you know we first started uh, these discussions quote air quotes there uh, about different uh features but uh, they definitely make things um go a lot smoother and i think everyone feels a lot more comfortable if everyone realizes that hey these are the these are the rules right uh we're we're in in a boxing ring here so you need you need to have some some ground rules can't hit below the belt you know et cetera et cetera yeah if you're finding like especially if you just find the calls or conversations or whatever you're doing collaboratively getting out of hand where, you know, it is either lasting too long. Um, people are just really fired up and upset about what was discussed or how it was handled, whatever those scenarios might be. If you're having just a negative experience around these conversations, discussions, um, then that that's a great time to look at, well, should we be setting some ground rules? And I think we did this, like, like you said, ourselves, where it's like, we didn't really think we'd ever need this, right? And, but as, as we work together more and more, you know, obviously we get more passionate, people get, you know, oh, you know, we're working on tons of stuff and kind of always going and it gets frustrating sometimes. So, mm-hmm. you know, we start to say things we don't mean or, you know, uh, not participate the way we meant to or whatever it might be. So I think what we did was, 
for us, like we came up with three rules basically that we now follow. Um, and that I think the biggest one is in disagreement, majority rules. So if we have, you know, really a standoff where it's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to come around. I don't agree, but you guys agree. So I'm going to back down and we're going to move forward in that direction. Yep. Right. That actually has worked, I think. And and we're also all, it's important to note here, we're all equals at, at the table. Uh, so majority rules, everyone has the same uh, power, if you will, or voting power. Yeah. Um, and, and we're really all equals sitting at the table, meaning we're all with our roles, right? Everybody has an equal opinion and insight. Um, so from the product side, from the UX side, from the technical side, whatever it might be. And it really does work well, I think, because there are many times that we all don't necessarily agree on something. When we all agree, it's really easy. <laughs> right? yeah. It's like, oh, we all agree. Great, let's move on. Um, and then the times we don't, you, it's very hard, I think, to get somebody to turn over, <laughs> um, even after lengthy debates and discussions about your opinions. So the majority rules really helps us keep things shorter. And mm -hmm. say, okay, you know, you can't come around. We do. We agree. So let's move on. And you have to just swallow your pride and just be like, okay, we're just going to move on. Um, and I, like I said, I think it has really helped us because we were having multi-day conversations at times, right? Where we'd be talking about the same thing. And that's frustrating to begin with because yeah. we're talking about the same thing over and over again and we can't move on and get over the hump and just continue moving forward. So I think it's been good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then if we can't agree, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes we are divided, like even three different perspectives or um, – we just really can't come to a, a full agreement about something because uh, topics uh, are not always one dimensional, right? It's not binary, like this way or this way. Sometimes there's a lot of things to consider. Um, so we table, we table things. So we'll come back to it uh, this afternoon, come back to it tomorrow um, when people can uh, think about this a little bit more on their own and then, um, and, and then, come together again and, and have another uh, hopefully uh, more productive conversation. Yeah, I think this is super powerful. I mean, I think like we discussed before in our own experiences, you know, like myself, like cooling off, like looking at something from a fresh perspective at four hours later after the call or something. And I'm like, ah, I see the light now. Um, and yourself like cooling down and, and kind of looking at things. And I've seen it with other people too, where I've seen other people like Scott and other team members, like where it's like the next day, they kind of have a different attitude when they come to the call next, right? Because they've actually thought about it. Maybe it's not so bad as they thought, right? Maybe it is a compromise. Maybe they'll get some of what they wanted, but not all of it, whatever. Um, and, and it really can make for a tolerable experience as opposed to trying to, trying to force getting a result in one sitting. Sure. Which if you were really are, and there are many times where we all have different opinions and that literally will stand still. Like we could talk for four hours and nobody would come around, right? I'm not yeah. saying we literally did that, but we could um, because we're all kind of defending our views and it's better just to cut it off. You know, I'd say if it goes beyond 30 minutes of conversation, maybe even before that, if, if you can, but you know, that's probably a warning sign to be like, hey, we, we should table this and maybe put it on for another day and, and see if we can't come to an agreement quicker tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I think it's also uh, important that like it, it, members feel comfortable that they sh they should be able to say like, hey, like I'm getting like frustrated with this conversation. Let's 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 table this for a little bit. Let's uh, let's regroup on this later. Nothing's really too time sensitive uh, that you have to make a decision today w when it comes to this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I think absolutely speak up and uh, 
hold off on making a hasty decision or uh, that people aren't happy with more or less. Cool. And uh, one of the other things we do is, you know, if the, if we can't find a majority, if we can't agree after kind of postponing and tabling things, then another option is to not do it at all. Right. So sure. maybe it's too complicated. Uh, maybe it's just not the right timing. And a lot of times I think this, this goes across industries and across teams, but if you can't come to a decision, maybe there's another reason why you can't, right? Maybe it is not the right time, or maybe it is too complicated. Maybe you don't have the right problem or the right solution in, that you're discussing, and you really need to, you know, kind of put it off right now and not do it at all, or maybe do something different, right? That that would accomplish something, a part of that or a piece of the, the problem. But I think that we've actually had these conversations ourselves where we've talked about things for a little while and we're like, well, you know what? Maybe we're, maybe this, we are overcomplicating our lives and this is actually more complicated than we realize. And that doesn't really fit into our agenda right now. So maybe let's put it into the, the icebox and, and deal with it later. And, and we've done this uh, a number of times actually, and, and to little ill effect, right? It's kind of surprising how you might think something's super important. And then when you just don't do it, it's just not. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny too, just in the agency world too, where, you know, I dealt a lot with clients and scoping out projects and, you know, a project was estimated, it was closed, right? And then things come up from the client, like, right, I want to do this. I thought I was going to do this, right? And it's to your point, a lot of times we would have lengthy conversations about why we should put it in and suck up the budget. And if we lose money, we lose money, Right. Or should we go back to the customer and say, you know what, we, we can't do this, right, for these reasons. Um, and a lot of times we'd go back to the client and say, and I was big on this uh, after I started to learn the effects of what happens when you try to kind of let your scope expand and that scope creep creeps in, like what happens, right? So after that, I was kind of like, well, we have to be really forward with our customers and say, hey, this just doesn't fit in the budget and these are the reasons why. And a lot of times the customer is like, okay, no problem. I get it. And they move on. Sometimes they, they put up a fight, but a lot of times it's not as bad as you think it is. Right. And like you're saying with our stuff, even like we'll decide to table stuff and say, Hey, it's just too complicated. We're not going to do it at all. And to no ill effect. Right. Like it's just, wasn't a big deal. We moved on. Um, and same thing with a customer situation, like in an agency or any other type of thing, it's probably making a bigger deal of it than it needs to be. Awesome. So I think that uh, brings up the tips for taking action. Cool. So the first one, you know, self-evaluate. Conflict is good, but make sure it's healthy and productive. So like I was saying before, if it gets to the point where you're starting to see some odd behavior, some kind of like, you know, for us, uh, you know, I, I kind of self-evaluated and looked and say, hey, you know, I don't think anybody's really having fun doing this or enjoying our calls at this point because, you know, we were just not agreeing things weren't flowing, right? It just wasn't, wasn't great. We're we should be looking forward to our calls, right? And all those things. So I think if you're all of a sudden where people are feeling kind of like, ah, I really don't want to get on this call. All we're going to do is fight for an hour, right? Or argue about this. Um, that's probably a telltale sign that, you know, you might have to look at something and making some changes that it's not no longer healthy and productive. And, you know, make sure you evaluate that and kind of just be aware of what's going on. Awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if, if things aren't, being healthy, uh, take a step back and take some time to evaluate and, uh, and reconsider maybe the other point of view, you know, cool off, uh, and come back, come back to the topic at hand, right? That could be later on in the afternoon. That could be the next day. That could be the next week in, in some scenarios, right? Um, 
it's not healthy to just let things continue to to spiral out of control uh, on a call. And if you see it going like uh, that sort of direction. Yeah, and I think too, you know, even looking at, well, why is it spiraling out of control? You know, take a look at why, because there could be personal things happening. Uh, there could be somebody's feeling disrespected maybe on the call, right? Therefore, not coming around, not participating the same way they would, would have normally. Um, maybe they feel like their their voice isn't being equally heard, right? Where it's supposed to be a, an equal kind of opinion-based thing and their voice isn't being heard. All, all different kinds of reasons why things might es be escalating. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, if you look, take a look and say, well, okay, why is this happening? Let's get down to it. Maybe it's some individual conversations separately that you have. Like, hey, why are you so upset? Like, what's setting you off? What's going on? It'd be easier to kind of look at it as a whole and come up with some solutions, you know, based on some of the points you made today. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio, used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.